listening to Red Hat Summit Radio 2014. Make sure you listen in all week for great shows throughout each day of Summit here at the Moscone. Hey guys, you're listening to a podcast from Red Hat Summit 2014. Now, no pressure on the guest sitting opposite me today, but last year we did a podcast from the Heinz Convention Center and he blatted everyone. Within two and a half weeks of the podcast going live, he'd had more, I think two and a half times more listeners to his podcast than had actually come through the Heinz Convention Center and put their backsides on seat to listen to keynotes. So no pressure, but Tim Burke's nearly at 4,000 listeners, so your words cut out for you. And he told everyone in his podcast to listen to his podcast twice and tell their mom to listen to it as well, just to beat you. <laughs> Dan Walsh. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. Right, I've been looking forward to this one. Now, Docker has been all over the Linux and open source news for the last 13 or 14 months now. But in the last six or eight months, Red Hat has been getting involved with the concept of Docker and bringing Docker into RHEL 7 and also now with Project Atomic. Why is it so critical? Well, a little history here. About a, uh, the last year, year and a half, I've been working on a project to build containers into Linux, and it was called Libvirt Sandbox. And we were using Libvirt as the back end to generate containers. And um, we were doing it a l quite a bit differently than what Docker was doing. And then about Eight or nine months ago, we noticed that Docker, actually last summer, that Docker was really gaining mind share. And we decided that uh, maybe we ought to just stop working what we're working on and jump on the Docker bandwagon. So as of the last September, we uh, really got onto Docker. And since then, uh, you know, we've just been going all guns towards what Docker is doing. So, so, so why Docker instead of a traditional virtual machine? Well, Docker brings a couple of really... Um, new features. Uh, actually, Brian Stevens' keynote the, the other day, he talked about uh, RPM and how significant RPM was um, when it first came in and how mm -hmm. it really helped build up RHEL and stuff like that. But then he put up a slide that said RPM was developed 17 years ago. And yeah, really, Don, uh, Donnie and the guys were, were cracking it on no budget <laughs> in a garage, yeah. you know? But I mean, and, but basically it's this, pretty much the same thing that, you know, for packaging that we've had 17 years ago. So people hear Docker and they think containers and stuff, but really what's the most significant thing is it's, it's brought a new method for packaging software and, and using... Do uh, you think uh, it's that big a culture change? Is that, I think, that I think it's, it's got a potential of being huge. Um, and it, there's, there's potential problems with it, but I mean, there's, there's, from a, a testing and a QA point of view, so I'm a, I'm a developer, I build a package, I build it with my version of, of Python, my version of Ruby on Rails, and sure. my version of Apache. I package it all up, the entire stack, glibc, everything, sure. everything together. Then I hand it to QA. QA is going to test the exact same thing, and when it goes out to the field, it's going on the same thing. So if I built it, say, on a RHEL 7.1 um, user space, and I ship it out to uh, my customer, and my customer might have RHEL 7.0, RHEL 7.3, sure. And all of a sudden... So you're in dependency hell. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's traditionally when applications start breaking. And, you know, uh, you know um, so with the Docker model of shipping software, all of a sudden you have, um, you know, this you know, ability to sort of have guaranteed results. Now, there are, you know, I am a security guy, so I do understand the problem of bundling. And actually, I think... Um, I love it. Dan Walsh says, I am a security guy. I am the security guy. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, and bundling traditionally has, has been a real problem. So, you know, I have this fear of, of 
you know, five years from now, people go out and, you know, they're using REL 7.5 or REL 7.6 at that time. And we have a, a vulnerability like we did last week with OpenSSL. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they go into their systems and they're running a version, you know, they're running a Docker image from uh, Ubuntu, a Docker image from CentOS, a Docker image from Fedora, yeah, yeah, a yeah. couple from RHEL. And all of a sudden, they say, okay, what, are we vulnerable? And, you know, Red Hat will provide them products to look and see if you're vulnerable, but we're only going to be looking at the Red Hat products. So the only way we'd be able to do it. So uh, some of my slides, I sometimes talk about Docker is, is sort of leading us towards where we were uh, before RHEL in Linux. So, yeah, sure. Uh, when, when, when everyone went, oh, RPM Forge, RPM Find, R- RPM correct. Bone, I'll just pull the latest, greatest, and I don't care who right. signed it with an MD5. I'm just going to install it. Install it. it and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, minus, yeah. minus force, no depths was your friend. Right. So, so <laughs> you know, it's really, um, in some ways, I think it's, you know, this is where RHEL's, Rel fixed that problem. I yeah. think Rel's going to fix the problem with Docker in that, you know, we've came out with a program of certified um, packages, and, and, and uh, so now we can go to our third-party partners and say, you know, we think this might be a better way for you to package. And some of them have been rel- reticent about packaging, you know, in RPM, and this this will work a lot better. So, uh, and Red Hat products also things like JBoss and you know, p- potentially Red Hat Cluster or tools like that would also start to be packaging this. And now we can start to have certified images that we can then, you know, at the when a CVE comes out, you can go out and say, hey, this image is vulnerable, yeah. and just go to your satellite server, you go to your CDN, you pull down the new image, and, and you're, you're back up and running. Um, so You're back up and running with minimum collateral damage. Right, yeah. right. and you know, you, it's you know, very similar. So this, in the same place you'd get your updated RPM will be the place you'll get your updated Docker image. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing that you know we've announced this week is the thing called Project Atomic. Um, and... What Project Atomic really is, is is leading us towards a minimal rel host operating system that'll make, uh, load containers, and uh, it's somewhat, somewhat experimental because um, you know what well, we're we're looking for a new world, a new way of doing things, and it might be potentially where the only thing to be running on the host would be you know just the stuff to run Docker images, just the bare minimum, right. almost like an appliance. Right, and so you'd end up with um, potentially. Uh, every service you would then install in the system would be end up being a containerized service. It's almost like we're going back to webmin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> scary. But uh, you know, so it, you know, I'm obviously the SC Linux guy, and one of the things I've done with Docker is I've added SC Linux patches, and yeah. SC Linux patches work very similar to what we did with uh, virtualization, in that uh, we run the processes inside of the container with a single label, and then we run all the content inside of the container with a single label, and obviously the two labels are able to interact. And then we use MCS separation to make sure one container can't attack another container. So we can actually protect the host from the containers, and we protect containers from each other. And importantly, you can prove it as well. Right. You can, you know, you can analyze the policy and, yeah. and look at it. Um, but with containers, uh, you know, one of the weaknesses or one of the problems with SC Linux and usability has always been that you know every every service on the system can be configured in a hundred different ways, sure. and, and uh, we you know we don't really have sort of a set barrier. So Apache can be set up in thousands of different ways, and mm-hmm. you, you have MariaDBs and well, depending on what modules you're going to load, yeah, right. And then admins can come in and say, you know, I don't want it in this place; I want it in this other place. In a container environment, we're really just wrapping the outside, so all the containers pretty much look the same, and then we can wrap them to control them on the outside. So now, if you had an Apache container that needs to talk to a Maria container, we know that it's only going to be able to talk through the network. Mm-hmm. So we. Can write very strict rules about the way the containers interact. 
So in the future with the Project Atomic, you know, using the true Docker model, mm -hmm. every single service will end up being a containerized service. So if you'd have, you wouldn't have a container with Apache and MariaDB in it at the same time. You would have an Apache uh, container and a MariaDB container. Mm -hmm. And then you could be able to control that they only could communicate over the network and we'd block all other connections. And basically the SCLinux policy would be almost hidden totally from the customer. Very similar to what they're doing with SE Android, SE Linux on Android operating systems so that the applications would be separate. Let me throw something into the mix. Always and everywhere now people are talking about software-defined networking. Mm -hmm. and NFV. With the Project Atomic structure, it puts even more credibility around why we need those mandatory access controls there, doesn't it? Right, yeah. And I mean, basically, we want to control, you know, any all interaction between these objects, you know, and um, although sometimes I'd like to eventually experiment on getting controls inside the container. I often call the containers, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> so inside the container, we're not really doing much right now. We're just making sure that the containers can't break out. But if you design them in that, you know, to interact um, only through you know, the known, known uh, methods of uh, Docker, Docker-defined methods, then we can control them. Uh, so eventually, um, I'd even, like, going back to Project Atomic, you know, we'd like to define, right now, Docker defines two types of containers, a really contained container, and then they call it a privileged container. Mm -hmm. Both those containers use um, uh, full namespaces, so they, they're really uh, sort of isolated from each other. There's one uh, the, the privileged container can is is basically root inside of them is the same as root outside of them, but really they see their own world. Um, I I've been talking about a thing called the super privileged container, which be um, you know again going back to the the power of Docker is is more about the packaging. If we just had uh, a container that had its package namespace. Um, so it had an entire user space of the application, but then didn't use any of the namespaces on the system. That would mean it could see all of the processes on the system. It could see the entire Slash operating system, uh, perhaps mounted and mount this image. Uh, and then it would be able to do analysts and actually provide services to the other Docker containers on the system and actually could be even a manager of the system. So imagine And it would be pretty simple as well for resource management as right. well. Right, so you, you could end up... So almost like you get a state of the nation, just immediately. Right. So, so and eventually you, you'll probably have all three types of containers running inside of a, a Project Atomic area, and then all you're really doing from that point on is managing the life cycle of the containers. And then Project Atomic, because it's a small rel instance, um, you know, it would be simple to update, and, and there's atomic updates so that they... It only happens at reboot time, so you download all your packages, and then when you have a good time that you want to reboot it, you reboot it, and you don't end up in this. Right now, when you update a system, you have sort of this, this, sure, sure, this sure. weird state where some of the packages are updated, some of them aren't. You might be running an old. So you're literally just replacing the containers <laughs> right. with so, a new one. So you're just rebooting and, and all. It's the disposable computing, isn't yeah. it? It is, and, and a really cool feature is if you do update the machine and then something went horribly wrong on the update. Just roll um, back. You, you just roll back. You yeah. just reboot the machine again and pick the the old instance. So you can. You, you know, know, it is going back almost like how you used to DD stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it, fundamentals. It, yeah, it's a very similar. Yeah, I mean, it's a, basically it's an image based model for for updates. But I mean, the nice thing is we're still relying on the RPM content and, and the stuff from RHEL and you know that we've had for years and years. And but it adds a lot of weight to all the RHEL QE processes, doesn't it? Well, it it does. But um, I, one of the things I was going to mention is that you know. 
the goal is to have this really be sort of just a lightweight rel. So like the common criteria specifications, things like that would still uh, yeah, yeah would you still could apply. Have, you could have it labeled IL three, IL four, and just right. deploy it. Right, and even with Darker, with the, some of the SE Linux stuff I put in now, you could actually start to run. Docker containers in high security environments. So yeah, because yeah. as you well, as you all well know, you know someone can come up with a TOE, yep. you can build it, but as soon as someone changes the default path or right. changes yeah. a promiscuous service, you've actually moved so far away from the TOE <laughs> that it's not worth the paper right, it's written. Right. But this you can actually enforce that. Right, you can enforce it, and and it'd be you know you'd be able to run containers at top secret, secret, you know all the different levels and all different categories, and you know it's concrete from the system's point of view, it, they're just processes. So you know the same if if we have MLS certification for, you know, RHEL 7 boxes, then RHEL 7 boxes running containers would still apply because they're just processes running. It's not a separate security environment or anything. You know, we can uh, get the rules down to that level. And so, you know, a common criteria certified RHEL is a common criteria certified Project Atomic. Well, you, your timing's great with this because after I interviewed Richard Clark last week without a press minder, I'm sure yeah. the agencies are actually listening to this <laughs> podcast right now and my telephone as well. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. Everywhere. I'm sure they are. I was walking through SFO the other night coming into the country with everything zero written <laughs> just in case, <laughs> just in case. Okay, last time we did the podcast, um, you were quite excited because the Samsung S4 had SE Linux all right, turned off. I had right. Now, Guy Martin, ex-Red Hat, now Samsung Open Source Labs, listens into these podcasts. Can we try and persuade him to turn it on by default? I believe, I, I thought it was turned on by default. And I know it's, I believe in the latest Android uh, releases, it's turned on by default. I'm not sure if the S5 has it turned on. Guy, if you're listening, can you get your engineers to turn it on before <laughs> yeah. they ship it, please? That'd yeah, be really good. should be in, in, turned on, on by default. Yeah. Or else you can go. No pressure. Or you can go to uh, stopdisablingslinux.com and <laughs> see what it does to me. Exactly. It's always a pleasure having you on the podcast, Dan. Thanks very much for making time. All right. Thanks for having me.